Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for civil martial arts conversations since 2005. We're brought to you by Piranha Gear. Go to www.piranagear.com for all your martial art equipment needs. Now here's the hosts, Dan and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another excellent show of Karate Cafe with your hosts, Dan Williams and Paul Wilson. Hey, Paul. How's it going? All right, Dan. How are you this evening? <laughs> Did you like that intro? That was. That was, it was I very see official. You, I could see you cupping your ear. I was working it. Yes, exactly. Very good. Well, you know, we gotta, someone's got to keep this place professional. <laughs> you know, uh, just, just a, a quick note before we get, we get into the show. You know, we have um, kind of blown up a little bit. You know, uh, and it's all due to you, I'm sure, Dan. Uh, on the uh, on the internets, we've had a ton of downloads, uh, like 300 downloads in the last week or two. Um, you know who that's due to? Who? Alex Haddix. That's who it's due to. So, so? yeah, hey everybody from Alex Haddixville. Yeah, uh, how you, you guys know, doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I emailed him, and 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 he he said he may have, we may have gotten the practical defense bump, um, but uh, and and if you are, you know, welcome to it. And I know Alex is actually listening, so thank you, sir. Uh, but we've actually been blowing up. We're uh, Europe, strangely enough. I don't know. I mean, maybe because a lot of them can't have guns, they listen to a lot of practical defense. But um, you know, we'll take it. So uh, yeah. And to welcome all those people in here, we've got a, an interesting show tonight. We've got an interview w- uh, with the author uh, J. Gabriel Gates. Uh, he and his uh, co-authoress, is that, is that the right word? I think Charlene, that's right. Charlene Keel have written uh, a young adult martial art-themed novel called Dark Territory. Uh, we're going to have him on. The uh, The blurb on the back is Star-Crossed Love, Supernatural Evil, and, wait for it, mm? Martial Arts. Nice. Meet at the abandoned tracks in the deceptively quaint village of Middleburg. Uh, a- again, it's a it's a young adult novel, so you know that's kind of I guess with with the the Twilight and the uh, the True Bloods and, and and all that stuff like that, it's it's kind of hot right now. But the thing that's great about this one is the the martial arts. Uh, well, and honestly, like I read all the Harry Potter books. I mean, those those I don't know those books aren't just for young adults. I enjoy them too. Yeah, but there's no martial arts, man. This has got martial arts right, in it. Right, exactly. And and not just any martial arts. Uh, uh, J. Gabriel Gates, the, the one of the, co- the co-authors, is actually a, a certified martial artist. He studies, I think, a style that you know about, Dan. A little Wing Chun, I think. A little Wing Chun. So yes. he, he, he's a Wing Chunista. And uh, so he sat down and got together and collaborated with Charlene on not one, uh, not two, but uh, maybe as many as four books in this series. Uh, Dark Territory is the first one. It's come out, and uh, the in March, I believe, is Ghost Crown, which will be the, I guess, I, is it a sequel if it's in a series? I, it uh, it's, I, think it's, it's, I think it's officially called Another One. <laughs> that, that's the, the title? The, the that's the official, term? yes. Okay, thanks, yeah. Dan. can always count on you. <laughs> uh, anyway, and, and it's out on Amazon. And, uh, and it's available for the Kindle. I actually just bought mine for my iPad. So there you go. Uh, yeah, so uh, available in ebook format, which we're all about the the uh, the technology. It's uh, if you go to karatecafe.com forward slash store, you can go grab it, grab your copy, and uh, a help out the, uh, the both help out J. Gabriel Gates and Charlene Keel, but also help out your favorite podcast. 
uh, Credit Cafe. The most and, awesome podcast ever. Uh, I think so. Definitely one of the, the ones, few, the ones standing, <laughs> huh? Anyway, uh, it's a war of attrition, by that's, God. That's easy for you to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or not. Uh, anyway. Well, should we get to it? Yeah, we, uh, we got him on. He's, uh, he's waiting on the wings. We'll, we'll have him on, and uh, we'll be right back with J. Gabriel Gates. I'm sick of sitting around here trying to write this book. I need a little reaction. Come on, baby, give me just one look. You can't start a fire. Sitting around crying over a broken heart. This gun's for hire. Even if we're just dancing in the dark, you can't start a fire. Okay, everybody, we are back with our uh, interview. Uh, with J. Gabriel Gates. He's the author, the co-author, along with uh, Charlene Keel of Dark Territory. Uh, the reason why we wanted to have him on the show to uh, talk about his book and uh, the sequel that's also coming out and any of his other fine projects was because it's uh, a young adult novel, um, which ordinarily I probably would not go for. However, the words martial arts caught my eye. And uh, so I... I also, it's also good for immature adults. Yeah, so which, you know, again... It both of us well. Yeah, yeah, that, that pretty much rocks us. Uh, again, it's a young adult. It's a fiction book, but, um, well, the, the blurb on the back says, Star-crossed love, supernatural evil, and martial arts. <laughs> Can you go so, wrong? So, so you can't go wrong with that. So uh, we would like to officially welcome uh, Jay Gabriel Gates to the show. How's it going? Great. How are you guys doing? Good. Now, hey, what do you prefer to be called, Jay, Gabriel, or Gates? Uh, you can call me Jay. That's fine. Jay, okay. Okay, we'll go with that. Well, hey, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a little uh, quick rundown of, of what the book's about. Well, the blurb on the back is uh, pretty good. It's kung fu, magic, <laughs> and star-crossed love. Um, but in short, what's going on is you have this small town, and um, there, there are these two gangs there. Uh, it's, it's a polarized town. There are sort of some, some very wealthy people who live in this gated community called Hilltop Haven. And uh, the rich kids that, that live up there, and then you have the poor kids from uh, the other side of the, the literal train tracks. Um, and they're and they're have both both groups have kind of banded together in in gangs because there's some animosity between them, and uh, the leader of the the rich kid gang and the leader of the poor kid gang used to take uh, kung fu at the same kun, and um, they had a disagreement when well more than a disagreement the the um, the, the poor kid's dad was killed in an accident in the rich kid's dad's factory. Uh, and so their their friendship <laughs> from that point, and so you know, uh, revenge ensued, and so they're they're having these conflicts. Um, but it's it's played out with uh, you know with a code of honor and and um, and everything. It's it's not just you know regular you know street gang type of stuff. And then you know some supernatural stuff begins to creep into the town, so they have to kind of work through some of their uh, issues in order to face off against this. Supernatural evil, the old common enemy. Yes, indeed. Yes, and and well, you know that sounds pretty good. And, and with the yeah. the supernatural part, you know, with me, all you need is pretty much zombies, and it would be like almost the perfect novel, I think. 
<laughs> well, then maybe we'll work that in in, uh, in book three for you. Yeah, there's there's there are no zombies, but but it is interesting. You know, there there are some elements that are taken um, from uh, from you know mystic traditions and Taoism and Eastern philosophy uh, that are kind of intermingle in, in sort of an interesting way with um, you, you know kind of a, a modern. Um, uh, you know, socioeconomically polarized American society. So it's really an interesting mishmash of things that end up working together to be uh, pretty rad, I have to say. So now, you know, in, in most books with the fantasy element, there's um, it, it sounds to me like a lot of the supernatural elements come from a more more Eastern t- traditions. Is that is that true? Yeah, it is. It is true. There's there are a couple elements that that run through it. There there are um, in the in the newer book there are some some fallen angels that kind of come to town. So it's it's an interesting confluence of some some okay. Eastern mysticism and, and, and stuff, and also um, more American um, you know spiritual view of of the world. And um, and also I didn't mention the the one of the main characters is Chinese. And the other is American, also. Um, you know, so you you kind of reading the books, you learn a little little bit about um, you, you know the, the Chinese la- you know language and words, especially as it relates to kung fu, and uh, and then and then the American side of things too. So it's it's cool in that way. Cool. I always like when you can learn a little something while you're reading a book. Yeah, it's 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 mostly entertainment. It is, but it's it's got some nice nice tidbits yeah. in there. Yeah. Well, you know, did. Were martial arts like kind of intricate? Because it's you know, as you were saying, it was a three, uh, a three book, I assume, uh, arc. Uh, are martial arts kind of intertwined from the get go, or I mean, was that something that kind of crept in as you developed the plot? Well, the you know the way the concept came about initially is um, this was about six years ago, six or seven years ago. I was living in L.A. and I was taking. Uh, Wing Chun Kung Fu at that time in LA, traditional Wing Chun. Um, and I, I also at that time, some of my friends kept, were watching these teen shows like Degrassi and the OC and stuff that were popular then. And so I came home from my Kung Fu practice one day and uh, they're watching these shows and I just, I just thought to myself, boy, you know what would be awesome? Something for everybody would be, you know, a teen drama with kung fu, and uh, I just thought it seemed like a cool idea. And so the original idea was for a, uh, a TV series, and my co-author Charlene Keel and I, um, you know, from my initial idea, developed a TV treatment for the tracks, uh, which we were going to pitch to TV studios. We didn't get around to it, um, and then she she moved away to Florida, and then years later she came back to me and said, "Hey, remember that idea you had for the tracks?" I think that that would make a really awesome teen book series, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, it would. Yeah, so let's let's do <laughs> it." So the rest the rest is history. We wrote it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I'm gonna, you know, obviously this is a martial arts podcast, so I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna have to ask you, uh, what what lineage of Wing Chun were you taking out there? Uh, traditional Wing Chun. Yeah. Okay. So from from Grandmaster William Chung. Oh, where, okay. Where William that Chung. came down from? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know if you, you knew this, Jay, but uh, Dan is a, a wayward uh, Wing Chun-ista, Wing Chun-er, Wing Chun, what's, yes. what's the correct? So, uh, a, a Wing Chun-ist. Wing chun yes, I think that is correct. Yes, the correct term. That is right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. I've been, 
I've been doing Wing Chun for about five years now, and uh, awesome. I, I I I train under um, Sam Chan in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, in the uh, Chun lineage. So oh, fantastic. So have you kept up with your martial arts then? Well, I had, you know, not not consistently over the years. So I took it, I took it for just a little while when I was out in LA, and then when I, and then I, you know, all sorts of life ensued, and I, I, I stopped taking it for a while, and then I just recently moved back to Michigan and started uh, taking again in Battle Creek with the Battle Creek Traditional Wing Chun Club uh, under Sifu Robert Vahovic, uh, who's who's been awesome. Um, and so, yeah, so I've, I've been training over there and, um, it's, it's been phenomenal. It's been really nice to get back into it, you know, sort of researching for the book was, was my inducement to, to get back in and and do it. But I, I just, you know, I really enjoyed getting back to it. It's been great. Well, we'll have to get, we'll have to meet in, uh, Jackson someday and, uh, and peace out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look, bringing people together, that's what it's all about. That's um, right. So did any – that was my next question was, you know, how much research did you do from the martial arts? I mean, I'm sure you probably did some, uh, you know, sort of cultural uh, research for the, um, you know, the supernatural end and, and, and for the philosophy and stuff like that. Did you uh, try and flesh out maybe, uh, you know, a different style? Because I know you did actually mention uh, the style that uh, was was – used in there uh, but did you I mean did you go study you know maybe some other styles or did you go do a little more research to try and flesh out maybe a, a, a sort of an independent form well you know the the style you know the style that's that's in the book is it, the, the way it's described is that it's a, sort of a special style that is unique to the uh, fictional uh, teacher the Sifu in the book so uh, it, it's not expressly a specific style of kung fu that exists, um, but when you look at it, and actually, especially in Book Two, Ghost Crown, that's coming out in March, there's actually more, um, sort of more of the nuts and bolts of the training. One one character is, is training another, begins to train another a little bit, so there becomes, um, and you know, more of the the actual moves are talked about and stuff like that. So um, so you, you see a little little broader picture of of you know what the moves are and stuff like that and that is from Wing Chun because that's my um my background and my experience you know um you know I I did look into different styles a little bit um you know in in researching it but I I just love Wing Chun so much that I tend to you know there's an old axiom that says write what you know and um and, and that's that's what I know and and you know I I, I love it and so it was I, 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 because of that, wanted to include that in the book. So it's it's mostly well, I mean, it's thinly disguised Wing Chun. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I I think there's there's writing what you know, and the you know it's probably a good idea to write about what you know the the best style that there is too. So picking the best one is probably a good thing as well. Yeah, you know, in my research and my experience, you know, I I I, I think Wing Chun is awesome. You know, maybe maybe someone's going to show up at, at my door and uh, challenge <laughs> to a battle. Now that I've said that, but um, I was just I was just trolling Paul there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I, I, I respect all styles. You know me. <laughs> That's great. You know, and and it's you know there are there are great you know commonalities among styles too. I mean, I wish that I had taken more styles. 
you know, so that I could compare the, the different disciplines. But, um, you know, in my kun, there are a lot of guys who have taken other stuff that have taken boxing and taekwondo and, and um, you know, some karate. And they, you know, they all have a, a lot of uh, love and respect for, for Wing Chun, as I do. But it's interesting, actually, the, you know, just being in class, the fact that I hadn't taken any other styles really helped me kind of, um, you know, leapfrog ahead of other students that maybe even were there before me because I didn't have, my mind wasn't cluttered with all these yeah. other muscle memories, you know, and, and all I had done, yeah. you know, I'd done Wing Chun years ago, I went away from it, I came back to it, a lot of the muscle memory was the same, and and I, again, I didn't have anything else to fall back on, so it yeah, really well, You don't have to empty your cup first like a lot of other guys. Yeah, exactly, exactly, so... That, yeah, my, my, my cup was empty, which is helpful. <laughs> it's been good. Well, you had your cup already full of the right stuff. Yeah, that's right. It was, it was, it had, you know, some drops of the good stuff in it and, you that's know, right. it filled the rest up. So, so I, you know, one of the things that uh, I've noticed, at least on film anyway, and I'd probably say this uh, before, you know, seeing It Man and It Man 2, the movies, it, it has always you mean me You mean like, the documentaries? The di- yeah, the documentaries. Um, that uh, one of the tough things about a style like Wing Chun is that it doesn't necessarily play well on film. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the movements are so close and 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 you know really like the trapping range is is what Wing Chun specializes in, and that's very t- difficult to get on film. Uh, something like. Um, uh, Taekwondo, and I've recently seen really well done Silat. Uh, and in fact, Silat, I think, is a lot of what is in the Born Identity, um, is just is very camera friendly. Um, was that something that you had thought about? Because I know I read on Amazon a couple of the reviews, like one of the guys was just like, this would make an awesome movie. I hope they make it into a movie. Um, is that something you have thought about at all? Well, you know, there were a number of reasons for leaving, you know, the specific style, you know, for not stating outright, you know, this is, is, yeah, right. And that, you know, number one is that, you know, I'm, I'm humble enough to have the respect for the art to know that, um, you know, I'm, I, I, as much as I, I've, I've put as much knowledge of Wing Chun as I could into the writing of it, but, um, you know, somebody's going to look at it and go, "Well, pff, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it that way. I don't think that's proper Wing Chun, or oh, you'd be better to do this in that situation, or whatever." Sure. And again, you know, the other thing is too, if when a movie is made of it or whatever, maybe it's it's not, you know, maybe maybe Wing Chun. You're is not bound to a particular style. style, right? Exactly. I'm not. I'm not bound to it. So. Um, you know, there there are always two things going on. Whenever you're writing anything, specificity is important because it really brings uh, an air of gravity to whatever it is that you're writing. And mm-hmm. then the other, but also you want to leave things open, especially in a book series like this, which is really um, open-ended. We've written two books. We are are we have outlines for two more, and wow. really, who knows exactly how long it's going to go? It's really going to depend on how. Uh, much people are enjoying reading the books and how long Charlene and I feel like continuing to write them. So, um, you know, we really, you know, we want to have that balance between being, have enough detail to be genuine and, and true to the tradition, but also not to paint ourselves into a corner because we're trying to create a, 
uh, expansive uh, fantasy world where you know almost anything can happen. You know what I mean? So it, it's always a balance between those two uh, poles. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's probably good. Yeah. One of the questions I had when I first, you know, kind of looked and I, and I read uh, when I was talking to you guys about getting you on, uh, Charlene couldn't uh, make it on here. Uh, but one of the things that she pointed out was that she has no martial art experience, and uh, you do. So how did? Well, first off, how did you guys? Because she's in Florida, I think. And uh, so how did you guys collaborate? And like, you know, how did she say, okay, you do write the action scenes, and I'll do the. The uh, the Starcross love and you will meet in the middle with the supernatural evil or how did you guys divvy that up and and how did you uh, you know get across what you wanted to get across from a, a martial arts standpoint? Well, we uh, we fought to decide who would write each chapter and I, I won most of the fights because you know I'm, I I have the martial arts experience. Now. Shocking <laughs> shocking abuse. <laughs> oh, so when you said you fought, you literally fisticuffs. We fought, yeah. My Wing Chun served. Well. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Charlene's tough. She could, she could have taken a few. Rounds. No, um, the way that we did it, we did it all via email. And um, you know, I haven't looked lately, but the last time I checked, there was something like I had received, only received, not even counting ones I sent, about a thousand emails regarding the first book alone. Um, so every the way we would do it is we agreed initially since it was initially my idea that I would write the first draft of each chapter. And so the way we would do it is I would write the first draft of the chapter. I would send it to Charlene. She would, um, you know, look at it, revise it. Maybe if there was something she wanted wanted to expand upon, yeah, flesh it out if she wanted to yeah. do that. If there's anything that you know, little tweaks that she felt should be done. So she would do whatever she felt needed to be done, and then she would send it back to me. I would look at what she did and make any tweaks that I felt I wanted to make to what she did, and then I would tack on the next chapter. So that's basically the way that the process worked. And um, actually, it was amazingly effective for given the fact that we were however many, 900 miles away or however, no more than that, <laughs> pretty far apart. So. Well, well I had always wondered how how two people collaborate on a book together and how that how that works. You know, it, it, I really I'm amazed at how well it, it did work, and you know it was a little rockier in the beginning because um, just by its nature, writing is such a solitary thing. And as I, this is an analogy I've used before, but when you're a writer, you feel like you are the god of your own little world. I mean, if you you know. Sure. If you, you sit down to write a chapter and you feel like it should be raining at the beginning of that chapter, then by God, it rains, you know? (laughs) So it's, you just get used to that. And, and so to have somebody else then come in and go, no, I think it should be a clear sunny day. I mean, even, even a detail like that, that's like, seems mundane. You're like, no, because it's supposed to be raining and it's, it shouldn't be that way. And so, you have, but you have to really step back, and you know it took us a little while, I think, to get our bearings. And, and also, you know, it was a phenomenal opportunity to be writing um, writing this book when we went to HCI, uh, the publisher. It was just an idea and a treatment, and they said, you know, fantastic. We'll you know pay you guys to write it, and we'll we're we're excited to promote it and get it out into the world. So um, 
we knew that we had this eager publisher. Um, you know, Charlene has had about a dozen novels published before, but she um, hadn't uh, written anything. She'd done ghostwriting, but she hadn't put anything out in her own name in a long time. Um, I had been writing for years before, but this was my first opportunity to have something published. And so for both of us, it was such a huge opportunity. I think that we were really... You were really uh, gung-ho about it. Yeah, we were really gung-ho, and it was really so important to both of us that it came out perfectly. So, you know, we would kind of be at each other's throats about, you know, in retrospect, things that are, you know, sort of details. But the great thing was, over a period of time, we began to understand that... um, both of us really had the the best interest of the project in mind, and um, and we began to really trust each other. And you know, the writing of the second half of the book, first book, and then especially the second book, Ghost Crown, went uh, very very smoothly. And so now it's it's a great working relationship. But it, it took patience. Yeah, and yeah. fun. You, you know, one of the things I was going to ask you about is that. Um, I don't know the idea of of sort of writing a fight scene seems mm-hmm. really difficult to me because you know it, if it's it's one of those things where you can't say uh and then Joe punches towards his face but Bob blocks and it's it's that it's it's sort of you can you can do it very descriptive easily but it it never feels very readable then. Um, so, I mean, how did you approach the fight scenes in a way that, you know, you know probably who's going to win and who's going to lose and, you know, how it's going to go, but just what sort of what was your approach that you took when, when you said, okay, I've got to write this fight scene between these two guys? Um, well, that's a good question. You know, I, I, you know, fundamentally I write what I see, so I'm I'm sort of seeing it happen in my mind, and I just try to do the best justice to it that I can when I write it down. And mm-hmm. so you do always have this balance between, you know, like what you were saying, you have to spell out what's happening in, in a clear way so that the reader understands what's going on. But at the same time, it needs to be visceral. You know, they have to understand right. what the character is feeling, what they're what they're afraid of, you know, when they have a, a feeling of triumph, when they have a feeling of, uh, oh crap, I'm in trouble, and and you know what they're feeling physically, emotionally, and and so there there are just a lot of a lot of elements to it, but uh, you know ultimately, you know, like it's like being in a real sparring session, you know, you you kind of. You, you sort of you sort of act and, and react and you know what you have one character do uh, you know that the, the other character has to respond to it so you know like anything it's moment to moment creation and moment to moment life so the previous moment tells you what the next moment has to be um, yeah. and and you know and you you just you just muddle your way through the the best you can just like a real fight or a real sparring session, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but but if but you have to keep that little sense of spontaneity to it too because that's I think what makes it good. And I, I have to say I have we have gotten a lot of um, compliments on the fight scenes in the book um, from you know perhaps not not experienced as many experienced martial artists like yourselves, but folks who've read it have really enjoyed the the fight scenes. Even people who normally are not into um, you know martial arts or you know books with fighting stuff. So. Wait, well, uh, Jay, did you ever find yourself, you know, because when you guys were going back and forth between you and Charlene, uh, uh, writing the 
I'm writing the, the the novel. Did you ever have a time where you had to like decide between dramatic license versus you know uh, tactical believability? I mean, was there did uh, did you ever write something and then and then she like embellished it maybe a little bit and and you had to go like, well, you know, that doesn't really make sense or or that sounds really cool, but it's not really tactically sound, but it looks really cool. It sounds really cool on the page, so I'm going to run with yeah. it. Yeah, we there were there was stuff that we we talked about with that. In fact, I remember there was one moment where, um, and I think it was with our editor Carol Rosenberg, who is wonderful. But she was talking about there. There was a part where um, one of the guys who was a, a big, you know, very strong uh, football quarterback who's been taking um, MMA training from a, a you know former like UFC guy who lives in a, a town nearby. So he's you know, pretty, pretty. He's, he's a football player and pretty versed in MMA, and he's fighting one of the guys who's um, one of the main characters who's just awesome at kung fu. And there's a, a point where he, the football guy, charges the kung fu guy, and uh, you know, with his with his arms wide, and manages to tackle him to the ground. And um, you know, Carol was saying, "Well, I don't, I don't think that that's." reasonable, you know, I think, uh, you know, an experienced martial artist would be able to, uh, you know, step away or spin away or something like that. And yeah. so, and I just, and I just had to respond to I me mean, from all the times that I've spent watching, you know, for example, you see it all the time in, in the UFC, you know, maybe you have somebody who's really uh, an, an adept fighter and a very skilled fighter, but, you know, still occasionally if they're fighting somebody really strong and, and really fast who drives into them, you know, they can still get taken down once in a while. So, um, yeah, so you know, little, little things like that. I had to, you know, he wins the fight in the end, but you know, still he, he could get taken down. And you have to have that too, right? You can't just have your um, main character or whatever just you know roll over everybody every fight they get. That's sort of an un unwritten rule of uh, any any sort of you know fight thing. The the hero needs to have a moment of uh oh, I'm in trouble. So. Well, and I, I think it's it's critical to have that sort of, uh, you know, one of the things that you had said about it being a sunny day versus a cloudy day, and you know, well, that may seem sort of like a mundane detail to to the reader. Um, I do think things like the the believability of a fight scene, um, if I don't know, maybe even if you're not an experienced martial artist, there might be something that kind of bugs you about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they might not be able to put their fingers on it. Because every once in a while when I'm reading a book or watching a movie or something like that, I think to myself, well, why didn't he just kick him in the balls? Right. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so, so I think having that little bit of believability in there and and having someone who has the experience in martial arts to be able to just go, you know what? This is this is a little too far on the side of fiction, and it really just doesn't make sense at this point. And I think too that one of those one of those uh, fallacies of martial arts um, that (laughs) nobody but really martial arts seems to to like to talk about much is that size and strength do matter. (laughs) And that's I think exactly kind of what you were saying is that hey, you know, sometimes it does matter. Yeah, and, and you know the other thing is when I whenever I write a fight scene, I do try to keep it um, spontaneous. You know, it's that sense of a, a fight is controlled chaos. It's that 
you, you know, there there is a constant surprise or a constant, um, you know, reaction to whatever it is that, that your opponent is doing. And so uh, I, I try to keep that element in there. And I, and I think that, you know, readers, whether, as you say, whether or not they're experienced uh, martial artists or fighters, I think that they, that sense of, not exactly knowing what's going to happen in the next moment is exciting. I mean, that's what's exciting yeah. about yeah. about the actual art and the actual practice of sparring or fighting. And that's I think it is exciting on the written page too. Um, and it's exciting to see the the heroes and the characters uh, respond to it. I think you know if you watch uh, you know movie, like classic Bruce Lee movies and stuff like that, what's mm-hmm. interesting is that when he he gets walloped or something, you know, and then he he steps back and he has that moment where he's like thinking you know you can see the wheels turning in his head like i gotta change my strategy or this he's guy. like wow that that hurt <laughs> yeah yeah he's got you know blood dripping down his cheek and he goes i gotta do something different and so well, i just you know yeah. i remember that that scene um where uh uh, uh abdul jabbar kicks him and mm-hmm. he gets up and there's that big footprint on his <laughs> on his outfit and he's just like okay i gotta i gotta do something different here yeah yeah, and and that's that's great, you know. That's because you know what what being I guess a great martial artist is is about is not being, uh, you know, just perfect or something like that. It's having all those tools in your toolbox, you know, so that when you are faced with adversity, um, you, you know, you're you're you you have at least you know some recourse, uh, so that other than panic. So I guess that's what it's about. Yeah, well, you know, there's that famous quote uh, from uh, Mike Tyson that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's a large part of, of martial arts is you know is yeah it's having those tools to go like okay well this is you know I, my opponent is such and such height such and such weight da 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 I've got to approach it this way and you know they go from like maybe you expected them to tackle you and instead they throw a triple back axe handle kick or or something or you know come at you like a spider monkey or say you know something that you're not expecting and uh you know the plan that you had in your head is out the window and you immediately have to change uh mm-hmm. change tracks like time now and you know one of the things that I wanted to bring out uh, especially since how it has directly to do with the martial arts was um I was reading through the book. I actually got a copy of the book and I got it uh, yesterday afternoon. So I was trying to page through it. And uh, one thing that I noticed that you, uh, and, and since this is a young adult, adult novel, one of the things that I, I really think is important to it is that you talked about uh, like the uh, the character um, Raphael. Uh, you kept it, uh, several times, you know, when you were talking about his training, you were saying like, you know, of the hours and, and, and years that he'd been training and and that was a kind of a a point that you made on several occasions, which for me is kind of good, especially since it's aimed at a, at a younger audience. So that way they know that you know this is not something that you just you know, walk in, you know. There's a training montage and you're fighting at the All Valley Championships. It's you know there's a road you have to go. <laughs> there's you know you have to polish this and train and sweat and bleed and and, and everything. And uh, and I really like the fact that you you brought that out again and again and again. Uh, over the course of the novel, yeah, the the two main characters who are really the expert martial artists in the story have both been uh, with their sifu since they were uh, about seven years old, and now they're you know sixteen, seventeen. So they've they've been training uh, pretty intensively for ten years. So that's one thing. And actually, it's it's interesting when I sat down um, with with 
my Sifu, Bob Vohovic, he was, and he, you know, he sort of quizzed me a little bit about the books before he agreed to, um, to, to train me because I, you know, let him know up front. Part of the reason I wanted to do it was for research. So he wanted to know about the books and he, you know, that was one of his hopes is that it would include, um, you know, like you say, just a, a realistic, uh, you know, assessment of, of training and really talking about, uh, what is one of the great aspects of martial arts, which is the, you know, the discipline, the the physical training, the the, the um, you know, just 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 the the mental and emotional uh, and and physical and spiritual discipline that that it is. It's inseparable, really, from the just ability to kick someone's butt. So, um, yeah, that was important to me to make sure that was uh, throughout the book. And then the the other um, thing that I, that I read it was actually there's two points on here that I really liked and it's all on the same page and it's actually fairly early on in the book and uh, uh, I'm going to paraphrase more or less from the from the book and it said uh, uh, the most remarkable thing about learning the strike of the immortals was that according to legend it could not be taught or learned only figured out and that he'd been trying this since he was ten years old and uh, one of the uh, things that I've said uh, many times on the, on the podcast and many times to my students is that, you know, there's stuff that, you know, I've been doing this 24 years or whatever, and there's still stuff that I'm still trying to figure out. And there's stuff that I have been working on for those two decades that, like, just in the last maybe, you know, five or six years, I'm like, oh, okay, that's how that works kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's, again, you know... For the audience that you're aiming at, is a really good point. You know, it's it's not you, you can't just regurgitate. This is something you actually have to practice and uh, and train for. And uh, and I think it's kind of good that in the the story arc you have people you know who are starting training, people who have been training for a while, people who you know have to learn on the fly. And uh, I, I just think that's a really good point for young adults and uh, actual adults. And immature people, such as Dan and myself, to bring out in a in a, a story that has martial arts in it. I was gonna say, Paul, it only took me like six months to learn the Strike of the Immortals, so I don't know. <laughs> Why don't study kung fu? <laughs> Use it wisely. Use it wisely, my friend. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. you know, and, and then a follow-on. I only use it for material gain, so. Yes, please do. Yes. That's and, and, and then and then a follow-on in the exact same scene. Uh, uh, Raphael actually breaks the uh, one of the arms off the off the wooden uh, dummy, and the master picks it up and kind of berates him for breaking his arm. And then he goes, "Oh, but today we work on weapons defense," and then attacked him with the stick. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's you know, again, keeping yourself on your toes, which is a really important uh, aspect. And I thought I actually kind of laughed out loud when I read that. Oh, good. I'm glad, glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, uh, like that particular dimension of Master Chin, who's the um, the Sifu in the story. Um, actually, my my uncle Kevin, who is a an, an awesome guy, but he when he was a kid, um, there was a Korean gentleman who lived in their neighborhood who uh, taught Taekwondo to not really. I mean, it was not like he was a professional teacher. He just knew Taekwondo, and somehow my uncle Kevin and one of his buddies found out that this guy knew it, and so they said, "Hey, you know, can you can you teach us?" Uh, you know, some some Taekwondo, and the guy was like, "Yeah, sure." So they would go over there, you know, after school, go to his house, 
And this guy would just, I mean, beat the tar out of these kids. And they were like, you know, maybe like 15 years old at the time. And so, you know, it was like entertainment for him. He'd beat them up. And, he, you know, he, he did teach them stuff, too. My, my uncle was uh, pretty sweet with the nunchucks when I was a kid. So I that probably helped to spark my interest in, in martial arts. But this guy also would, uh, as the legend that my uncle tells me goes, he used to go to the some of the, the bars in the area and you know like the real redneck like backwoods scary bars and it just like just start fights with guys or just talk to the drunkest guy until he got you know really irritated with him and then like go outside with him and just just put a beat down on him and uh and so and i guess eventually they they like somebody said to him like you know you're you're gonna get deported if you keep doing this and so he ended up going back to korea and quit doing it so you know not necessarily that's that's not the uh, martial arts you know uh, practitioner uh, concept that we want to put out there for everybody but um that that experience and that picture of a you know such a pragmatic martial arts teacher um you know, it kind of maybe colored my uh, my imagining of Master Chin. Master Chin is much more benevolent than that, but uh, <laughs> there's a little of that in there. You know, he keeps them on their toes. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Jay, there's uh, so how many books do you, do you see in the series? I know I know there's this one and a, another one that's coming out pretty soon. Uh, how far is the art going? Well, right now, like I said, there's there's um, Dark Territory is the first book of the tracks. It's out right now. came out in July. Uh, the next book is called Ghost Crown. That one is coming out in March. Um, Charlene and I have, um, you know, completely fleshed out the, the outlines of two more books. Um, and so we're talking to the publishers right now about, um, you know, getting publication dates for those. Um, and then after that, we're, we're going to cross that bridge when we come to it. So, I, you know, I'd love to see um, definitely four books. And then uh, after that, I, I, you know, have designs for maybe another sort of little, not little, but another three-book arc after that. So uh, I, I could foresee the series being either four books or seven books, depending on uh, if we feel like writing more, but the amazing thing is, it's such a as as you know, you, hopefully you've begun to pick up on by you know reading some of it. It's a uh, you know, it's it's a world with a lot of a lot of going on, a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of characters, a lot of different storylines, and it's it's you know, there are really so many threads that that carry through the whole thing. That um, you know, it could almost go indefinitely, which is which is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's like a real world. It's like life. You know, it, it can just it could just go on. So it's pretty cool in that way. Oh well, well I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna get my Kindle version right now. Actually, read it on my iPad. All right, I'm gonna listen to hear you clicking while you're doing it. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> please, please do, please do. That's, I appreciate Add it. The cart. <laughs> and and that's yeah. a that's a good point. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's available from Amazon. If uh, people want to go to cartycafe.com/store, uh, then go to our Cartic Cafe store, and I've actually already added it, uh, and they can uh, get it from there. And then, uh, and I assume you're in bookstores. Are you in any of the major chains or? Sure. Yeah, we're in all the major bookstores. Um, if if they don't have it in stock, they can certainly order it. But yeah, we're we're carried all over the place. So any any bookstore you walk into, if they don't have it, they can get it for you. Oh, fantastic! And uh, so again, the uh, now, go ahead. Now, did Paul did Paul tell you there's only like 
three people that listened to the show before he he signed up for this interview, right? <laughs> I expect them all to buy a copy. All three. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all of you right now. <laughs> no, that's no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, people in Denmark are digging us. I don't know. Uh, uh, we we kind of got in this a little bit in, in the intro, but uh, you know we've gotten uh, a ton of people from Europe uh, jamming on us pretty. And it's like Denmark and Belgium, and you know I was just I, like out of nowhere. That's great. Well, you know it is like you said, it's available from Amazon, um, and and I know it's certainly Amazon UK, Amazon Australia, and I'm. I'm not logged on to Amazon Denmark, but I bet you can get it on there too. So, uh, absolutely. If not, maybe they can sneak it over the border. And hey, I, I have one more uh, very serious question: uh, Are you not worried about Steven Seagal coming to beat you up for taking that title, Dark Territory? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's it's true. I I, I don't want to upset Mr. Seagal. All all due respect to him. I, I saw him once in a nightclub in Miami, and uh, really. I, I didn't start a fight with him. I didn't, he looked. He did look tough. Though. He looked tough in person. I'll tell you and, what. I wouldn't mess with the guy. And 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 then you went like, dark territory. It's hmm. a great name, and 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 so it began. You know, actually, dark territory is a is a rail term for areas that don't have um, any any signals. So it's actually a railroad term. And and for, I guess we didn't get into it, but a big one theme that figures heavily in the book is these. Uh, there's uh, two sets of railroad tracks that cross in the town, and so hence the the term, the name of the series is the tracks. So it is actually a, a railroad term. Uh, apologies to Mr. Segal, but it it, it is a railroad term. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, as we may have delusions of grandeur here, but I'm fairly certain he's not listening. So uh, it's okay. But again, uh, uh, the book is Dark Territory by J. Gabriel Gates and Charlene Keel, who unfortunately cannot be here with us tonight. But uh, we appreciate her uh, efforts. And uh, we encourage everybody to run out to Amazon and grab it or go to your local bookstore, and not Borders, unfortunately, and uh, pick it up. Uh, Jay, thanks for being on with us today. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Jay. Well, that was a great interview. I really liked talking with uh, Jay. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, it's 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 good when you can talk to somebody about something that you know. I mean, it's not like some guy who kind of wrote about martial arts, you know, and like pulled it out of his tuckus. But right, you know, he actually trained, so that, that's the good part. Yeah. And uh, and Charlene, when we were setting up the uh, doing the email uh, wars, going back and forth. You know, there are people talking to our people, you know, the green room, the, right. the writers, all that stuff. Uh, Charlene actually mentioned that maybe she might actually study martial arts as well. So, you know. We, if ah, we, see? If we Drawing can, them in. Exactly. If we can assimilate another one, we will. And, uh, and uh, you know, maybe he, you know, it, it may be defense because, you know, maybe Jay, you know, throws a, a lopsow or something out or, or whatever it is that you guys do. Um, hey, nice, nice uh, uh, reference, lopsow. Hey, you know what? I'm not just. Oh, you don't. Face. You don't throw. You don't throw a lapso up, but that's okay. Well, hey, dude, come on. <laughs> I gave uh, I gave you credit for the term anyway. There you go. Hey, you know, it's you know, you got to know your enemy or your friend <laughs> in, in this case. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that was a great uh, interview with with Jay, and uh, we really appreciate him having him on. Yeah. Um, oh, and, everybody, go check out the Dojo Manager. I got to get my plug in here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been I've been dojo managing it up, uh, and actually because I've gotten a couple new students, so I got to 
add them and, and ring it out a little bit. Uh, as as I mentioned before, and as we mentioned in the interview, and as I'm mentioning now again, go to uh, cardicafe.com forward slash uh, store, and you can get your copy of Dark Territory and pre-order your copy of uh, Ghost Crown, which will be the, the, the next one, the other one. Whatever the technical term is, the next one. Yep. The next one, and uh, go ahead and get that pre-ordered. Again, you know, it's a young adult novel, uh, so I know we have some young adults out there, and uh, some uh, overage babies, and it might be good for either <laughs> one of you. Uh, That's right. It's it's also in Barnes and Noble and uh, everywhere in an actual brick and mortar store. Uh, so if brick you and go... mortar store is that like a place that you go to buy books? That is, they, I've heard of these. I've heard of these. Yeah. yeah. And if you do have a local uh, booksmith, bookmonger, please go. Uh, yeah. Peruse them. Uh, it's under the young adult fiction, fantasy, and magic section. Uh, anyway, uh, and I think that will be our show for this week. Uh, Dan, any last words of wisdom? Um, don't go skiing with a watermelon. And on that note, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, uh, I can't top that. All right, guys, uh, we will talk to you all again. I'll see you later, Paul. Take care. Hey, everybody. Once again, thanks for listening to an episode of Karate Cafe. Remember, you can join the forums anytime you want at karatecafe.com. Click on the forum button, and if you're not already a member, join right up and share your opinion. Also, remember, you can support the podcast by clicking on the donate button. You can subscribe, you can donate, a buck a show is all we ask, or you can donate more if you'd like. At karatecafe.com slash store, you can buy any of the products that we selected for you for the martial artist in your mind or for yourself. You can also go to karatecafe.com slash Amazon and get anything from Amazon you want, and that will help out the podcast. And of course, don't forget to stop by our sponsor, PiranhaGear.com, and let them know Karate Cafe sent you. Looking forward to talking to you all again very soon.